0: And this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. It's that time again, strangers. Midwinter. Bells are ringing, or jingling, or jangling, or all three. Candles have been lit, dreidels spun, presents are being stuffed underneath trees, mistletoe hung, and we, at One Strange Thing, are in the holiday spirit. Asking for a friend here, are there holiday ghosts? Not the Ebenezer Scrooge kind that might as well be cut rate tour guides. We're talking about the kind that could, hypothetically, be the subject of, say, an 18 to 22-minute-long podcast episode appropriate for general audiences? Just for instance, if you, uh, happen to have any of those laying around, drop us a line. Now, if you celebrate winter holidays, you've no doubt got your traditions, whether they be tied to religion, culture, family, fun, or a combination thereof. Maybe you roll out a special cookie or air your grievances— or bust out your themed sock collection or your great-grandmother's tablecloth, there are as many variations as there are families. And for many of us, trees are a part of the holiday fun. Whether you go big or small, real or fake, an elegant focal point of the room or surrounded by high-security baby gates to ward off toddlers and cats, a beautifully decorated tree can really make you feel even in the surreal nature of the past few years, that the holidays are finally here. So, we'd like you to take a moment to imagine the classic Christmas model. A fragrant balsam fir, or a sturdy, glossy white pine. A tree that a child could reasonably represent with a bright green construction paper triangle. You know, a cookie-cutter icon that screams holiday. And now... Forget that, because we're taking you today to visit a very different kind of holiday spectacle. Over in Arizona, about halfway between Phoenix and Flagstaff and just outside of Cordes Junction on I-17, there's a very special holiday tree. This is not an official town tree, all bedecked in a main square and surrounded by pomp and ceremony. Kind of the opposite, actually. It sits near a couple of gas stations on a median, and near enough to the sunset rest stop that the latter is used as a landmark to help passersby locate the tree in question. This tree looks more like a giant, pokey, round, and rooted tumbleweed. It is, as local radio station KJAZ points out, about as wide as it is tall, and it's not a fir or a pine either—not even close. It's a juniper, the one-seed desert climate sort that looks more like a bush than a tree in the strictest definition, although we are certainly here to support celebratory flora of all kinds. Now, to get the full effect of this tree, which has stood along Highway 117 for decades, we're going to need you to engage your imaginations. We want to take you on a little journey to understanding the heartwarming story of one of Arizona's more curious, if benign, landmarks, which is known by two names. The first is the I-17 Mystery Christmas Tree, pretty on the nose. The second is Scrubby. That nickname was bestowed by Arizona's official balladeer. Yes, that's a real thing. Dolan Ellis. Sometime in the 2010s, Dolan wrote an ode to the tree a little ditty that begins as so. Out in Arizona, there's a story to be told of scrubby, the little cedar tree that grows beside the road, I-17 to Flagstaff, from the desert down below, and a random act of kindness by some secret caring soul. The tree in question, scrubby, is, as we mentioned, a juniper, but sources inform us that Arizonians sometimes called juniper cedars for reasons that we are sure are none of our business. So, do not email us about this topic. Anyway, if anyone is allowed to give a tree a nickname, we suppose it is a state-sanctioned songwriter. And why would this ten-times-chosen state balladeer bestow a name upon a Christmas tree and bother to write a song about it at all? Because, each year dating back to at least the mid-1980s. As far as the Tucson Citizen and other newspapers have been able to find, someone, or more likely, a group of someones, secretly took that spherical juniper from blah to fa-la-la. Per the Arizona Republic, most agree the decorating begins the weekend after Thanksgiving, though some sources say it happens as early as the night of, and that the ornaments are a mix of homemade creations, repurposed thrift store finds, and outsized store purchase wonders. They seem to change year to year, based on whims that defy trends and convention. Traditionally, the tree's decorations have been seasonal and festive, but not 100% traditional. Mark Richardson, a highway patrol officer, told the Arizona Daily Star that, It's been here ever since I can remember. They really put some weird stuff on it, and go to a lot of trouble. In 1995, the Tucson Citizen described that year's decorations as, quote, holiday ornaments, streamers, stuffed animals, balloons, a couple of Frisbees, and some aluminum pie plates. Plus, of course, an enormous Christmas star to top it all off. In 2000, the Arizona Republic described the tree as decked out in, quote, candy canes the size of hockey sticks and glittery pie tins and bulbs as big as bowling balls, plus cutouts of snowmen, Santa, doves, and stars. After the September 11th attacks, the Republic reported that, in December 2001, quote, the magic tree is back just when we need it most and in the way we need it most. Drivers are doing an extra double-take this season. The decorations are red, white, and blue. And in 2013, CBS 5 noted that, that year, it was festooned with glass ornaments, stuffed animals, flags, bells, bows, and tinsel garland. A Flagstaff resident, Jeff Chastain, told the station, Every holiday it's changing and it's very elaborate. Jeff Chastain seemed to have been correct. As an anonymous Arizona Republic reporter wrote, rather poetically, in 1997, no matter the conglomeration, quote, the strange annual blossoms radiate on the branches in musical bounty. Now, you might be thinking to yourselves, well, okay, podcasters, it's a strange place for a Christmas tree, and fair enough it's a weird tree to choose for a holiday display, And all the stuffed animals are a little wild, but the pie plates are actually a pretty good idea, really, if you're shooting for reflective. Ah, but then you'd be getting off topic, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. The mystery of the Christmas tree of I-17, aka Scrubby, is that no one, at least who will admit it, knows who has been in charge of its decorations. For more than 30 years, these elves have managed their work without being unmasked, or unmarried, if you prefer, doing their trimming under the cover of darkness. Now, some of the patrolmen who drive the rural highways claim to have seen a decorator or two, and there are locals who, on various forums, also hint that they know who's behind Scrubby's holiday suit. But, amazingly, as far as we can find... No one has truly spilled the gingerbread. As resident Sandy Parker wrote to the Arizona Republic in 1998, hopefully we'll never find out who gives us this gift. It is such a treat. According to KPHO TV, Scrubby eventually began to be decorated twice a year for both Fourth of July and Christmas. The Arizona Republic reported that Independence Day decorations tend toward tiny American flags and ribbons. And it's hard to pin down the precise time the patriotic theme began, but some local Facebook posters remember them appearing around the time of Operation Desert Storm in the early 1990s. There are a few theories that have been floating around, per the Tucson Citizen, long before social media existed to spread them. In 2000, an Arizona Republic reporter spoke with Doug Nintzel, then of the Arizona Department of Transportation, who said he'd been driving past the tree for years. I've heard all the rumors about a group from Acrosanti or that it's a local family that gets together. They do a great job of keeping it a mystery, though. We don't have people sharing any secrets. It's a mystery most of us hope is never solved. I think we need that kind of stuff, especially this time of year something that continues as a tradition without being spoiled. Acrosante, in case you're wondering, is a town less than 20 minutes away from the mystery Christmas tree. And why would locals suspect this particular place? Well, it's not your run-of-the-mill town. According to its website, it's an intentional community designed via arcology, a blend of architecture and ecology. And when its founder began construction in 1970, he quote, Blended cosa and anti, meaning against things. Tossed in his other portmanteau and, we guess, called it a day on naming. As you might imagine, such a place is an artist haven. And not the last town on your list if you're guessing at a possible mystery creative endeavor. But the experimental community, which even now gives tours and hosts guests. Well, to us anyway, it really doesn't seem like the type of place to decorate trees with stars and flags. Others believe that it has to be the Department of Transportation itself that's arranging the whole thing. And if that's the case, well, good deflection, Doug Nitzel. One piece of support for the Department of Transportation theory is, of course, that they allow the decoration at all. Per the Republic, the Department tends to look down on highway displays, but they've allowed the mystery Christmas tree for decades. Then again, as an ADOT area supervisor, Felix Gabaldon, pointed out to the Tucson Review in 1995, really, it's such a small thing, and they take it all back down every year. And we suppose that it wouldn't earn an already beleaguered city department much general public goodwill to destroy a widely beloved holiday decoration. And, if ADOT does happen to know a sad backstory, well, all the more reason to grant it an exception. That sentiment seems to have stayed with A. Dot employees. Nearly 20 years after Doug's original interview, another A. Dot employee, engineer Greg Gensch, seemed to echo the sentiments of employees that had come a generation before him. In 2011, he told the Arizona Republic that the department wasn't especially interested in dismantling the decorations. I think we treat this as a little bit of a special case. It's a very rotund and happy Christmas tree. A number of locals from surrounding towns seem to favor the lost loved ones theory. The commenters on a Facebook page for a local independent newspaper, the Prescott Times, turned out to be a helpful resource for us. For instance, in 2020, one local wrote... I would bet that the people who decorated do it as a tribute to someone who died there. It sounds like a grief tradition, and that would explain the dedication of over 30 years." And another responded, I do think it's a tribute to lost loved ones. I'm native to Arizona. When my kids were little, in the late 60s, maybe 1970, we were coming home from camping in Oak Creek Canyon, and right at that spot there was a fatal accident, I believe several people died that evening. I have always believed that it's the family or families of those that lost their lives that day. It would probably have to be more than one generation after all these years. If it isn't the Department of Transportation or the Highway Patrol, well, this story or something like it, it could make sense. We've all seen highway memorials left by family and friends. If something happened at Christmas for a family that was on their way to celebrate that grief might need a bigger marker. And maybe, if they were a certain kind of family, they would turn that grief into a joyful creation for others to gaze on. It's pure speculation on our part, of course. Don't mind us. We do tend toward the miraculous this time of year. Looking for creepy stories? then we might have a podcast for you. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Rattled and Shook is a weekly podcast that features new scary stories every episode. Kind of like this. I would hear her say things to me inside my head. I couldn't get around him. I was trapped. The other guy started to get pretty agitated. He grabbed my grandfather's oxygen hose and he cut off his oxygen then I started thinking, well, you know, who would be hanging around in this nowhere forest, in this nowhere area? And that's when I started looking more closely. And that's when I noticed there were several shapes. And they were slowly working their way toward me as they were moving from tree to tree. New episodes of Rattled and Shook are out every Thursday. Listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Although things went well for the mystery Christmas tree for many years, it did eventually face a threat, an off-season one. A 2011 Arizona Republic article describes the first real threat to the tree, an August wildfire which, quote, burned along the freeway and right up the trunk. It seems the damage was minor, some scorch marks and an injury to its lowest branches. It could have been much worse. Probably would have been if those handy Christmas elves hadn't been so busy. Apparently, the elves knew their Christmas tree would need tending year round. Though ostensibly a free range juniper, they wanted to give Scrubby a leg up, perhaps to keep it looking its best. And they couldn't exactly be out on the highway performing their elfly duties. One, they'd be spotted. Two, there were already some worries about the tree itself causing accidents. Again, we found mentions of that in, well, the mentions, so the elves had to come up with something else. Per the Republic's interview with the Department of Transportation's Greg Ginch, a district engineer, the elves had, quote, installed a pair of barrels at the tree's base that could be filled with water. According to Ginch in the Republic, quote, the extra moisture may have saved the juniper's life. According to various news sources, it was around that time, August 2011, that Scrubby picked up another nickname, the Miracle Christmas Tree. It seems that after the 2011 fire, the decorators ran a little late, to be expected considering the wildfire had just been put out, but eventually, they got back on track. But then, in August 2019, the mystery miracle tree itself needed a miracle, because a brush fire threatened it for a second time. Things seemed hopeful. Per the Arizona Republic, quote, the Daisy Mountain Fire Department tweeted about 3 p.m. Friday that they were able to save an infamous Christmas tree along I-17 from the fire. Crews had apparently made an effort to protect Scrubby as they worked to fight the blaze. Several news sources published photos of the firefighters posing with the tree, which looked thin and frail, not a good sign for an evergreen, but still standing. Some damage had been done to its branches and maybe to its spirit. It's hard to say. But as far as we can tell, the decorators continued their work through 2019, even as commenters on various websites began to remark that the mystery Christmas tree looked ill, or even burnt. There seems to be proof that in 2019, the tree wore its star. Its elves weren't willing to give up, and Dolan Ellis's cheery tune was played at a store nearby the tree itself, a little local establishment that also sold copies of a children's book dedicated to the story of Scrubby itself. If we stopped right now, friends... We'd be leaving you with a nice, cozy mystery of a little, or well, fairly big tree that, while tattered, got to star in its very own song and hyperlocal phenomenon. Except for one strange thing. In December 2020, stories appeared stating that, for the first time in anyone's memory, the mystery Christmas tree had not been trimmed all merry and bright it seems the elves had gone back to the North Pole or maybe abandoned us altogether. Poor Scrubby was looking very lonely. The Arizona Republic ran a photo taken by local Gary Miller, who shared his image on Facebook. Based on his photo, in December 2020, the trees stood ragged from the 2019 fire, an evergreen gone bare. There were a few decorations, possibly left over from the 4th of July, that seemed to be strung along the inner seams of its twiggy skeleton. Someone on Facebook described them as Halloween decorations, but we don't have verification of that. We can say that the clearest is a smallish American flag, very tattered, that still clings to an upper branch. So it's possible that not only did the Christmas decorations not go up, but maybe the 4th of July decorations never came down? Was scrubby too delicate, too injured to receive decoration? Or had the strange shape of 2020, the utter shift of the world, carried away the elves' cheer? Or had the onslaught of the pandemic, the lockdown, or even personal illness rendered them unable to attend their duties? It's hard to get a sense of what locals really think about the sudden lack of tree trimming, Both in the comments on news articles and local websites, stories vary. On a Prescott Times Facebook post, one local claimed that the tree had been decorated for Christmas 2020 at some point, but that the Forestry Service had taken down the Christmas ornaments because of some concern over animal safety. That seems like an odd choice, considering the past 30 years or so of full-on ornament bonanza, but the commenter mentioned that the local news had covered the whole fiasco, We couldn't find anything about that. But not everything makes it to the printed news. For instance, we couldn't find a single story about Scrubby's 2021 state of being, or a local Facebook post other than repostings of that sad photo from 2020. We even contacted the Arizona Department of Transportation to see if there was official word. But they had no intel on the tree. So we did what any intrepid podcasters must eventually do, a little analog fact-checking. That is, we made some phone calls. After a few calls to local businesses in the area near the tree, which is easy to pinpoint thanks to all the handy tourist attraction websites, we compiled some interesting information. Now, take this as unverified and If you're from the area, we'd love to add your thoughts to the mix. But based on what we were told, it sounds like scrubby is once again undecorated. One local told us that there are now several American flags in its immediate vicinity, possibly laid there or maybe drifted down from last year's 4th of July decorations. We simply can't say. This local told us that the tree is in such bad shape that there are plans to remove it because it's become a hazard. Not a very cheerful end for a joyful Christmas tree. Poor scrubby. But then, a bit of hope. One local told us that, recently, another tree, a little ways down the road, had begun to take the mystery Christmas tree's place. Now, it was a new tradition, the local cautioned us, And people weren't hiding who they were as they decorated. Daylight elves, you might say. But this year, they've begun to trim the tree all the same. After Thanksgiving, for the motorists on I-17 to spot as they zip down the interstate toward Flagstaff or Phoenix, depending on your point of view. And if that's true, and we have no reason to disbelieve our Arizona correspondents, well we think that's downright lovely. Maybe not a miracle or a mystery in the sense we usually think of them, but a small and lovely piece of the human puzzle that always seems to spring forth, no matter what. Hope. Resilience, you might want to call it. The ability to recognize that the old is gone, but that the new can be and be beloved, too. We hope you'll join us January 18th for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers, from the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. One Strange Thing is an entirely independent production. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There you'll get ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, full-length bonus episodes, blogs, and monthly live streams, all for five bucks a month. We hope you'll check it out. There's a link in the show notes.